Welcome to Hot Off the Press, a podcast that provides knowledge and emotional support for new and aspiring printers. I'm Jillian of Studio Soprano. And I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and we are two letterpress printers who believe in sharing our knowledge and learning together. We're here to help bridge the gap between antique printing methods and modern design. So hang up your apron, put down those palette knives, and let's get into what's hot off the press. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Hot Off the Press. I'm Mariah of Mariah Creates, and I'm here with the always fabulous Jillian of Studio Soprano. In this episode, we're going to talk about points, pikas, and a few other terms that are related to typography and therefore relevant to the letterpress world. Yes. In fact, it is very interesting to go over some of these because although we see these terms in modern design software, they actually stem from the OG world of letterpress. So the terms that we're going to talk about today all originate from metal type and typesetting. Let's freaking get into it. Yeah, as per usual with anything we talk about on this podcast, um, there's a little bit of like kind of crazy history back, you know, uh, to to bring it all, bring it all home. Um, So talking about metal type and typesetting, originally type foundries, um, both in Europe and in the US didn't really use a lot of standardization. Um, They had like crazy terms that they would call fonts like diamond or pearl or agate minion or Cicero, they are based on their size. So I think this kind of relates. I don't know if any of you have listened to our episode on paperweights, uh, which is super helpful to help you understand that complicated world. But it kind of reminds me of that, like these crazy names for like, like a small font would have been agate. And like, why not just call it like a small font or a body font or, (laughs) you know, but instead they had to come up with something nuts. Um, Finally, in the mid 18th century, the French decided to standardize type sizes using the Paris inch, which was 1.0657 inches, which I have no clue why that would be their measurement. Jillian and I were literally just joking. We're like, they probably just found something in their shop that was like what they thought was the right size, or maybe it was even type. I don't know. And they were like, this is it. This is the one we're going to base everything else off of. Oh, in the French. um, We love them. I mean, I can only imagine France in the 18th century, but um, (laughs) in the late 18th century, I will probably butcher this name. So if you're French or speak French, please forgive me. Uh, But Francois Ambrose Didot, D-I-D-O-T, you probably have heard that name before, or at least seen it in your list of available fonts, um, (laughs) refined this weird Paris inch system to make a point in uh, which equals one seventy second of a Paris inch. So replacing this crazy type name, so pearl, diamond, agate, minion, all of those things are now replaced by points. Um, so Yeah, that's nice. Okay, great. We love a good system. So <laughs> Jillian, why don't you tell us a little about points um, and like that unit of measurement? Yes. So points, they are the basic unit of measurement used in typography. And, you know, we're talking about, like, handset metal type at this point, not really, like, what we use in the computers. But it does all become relative. So it can be used as a unit of measuring type as well as the spaces between the type, which is really important. 
And point size actually refers to the height of the body on which it's cast. So not actually the letter itself. And basically, point size is an expression of the distance from the A sender to the D sender with a small amount of space allowed above and below to compensate for the metal block. So it's not actually like the letter size itself. Yeah. So if you've ever set type, you'll know that like a capital A is the same size as a lowercase y. And where those letters are on that block is going to vary depending on the letter itself. But the block itself, the piece of type, or the you know that little sort is going mm-hmm. to be 72 point. It's not like the size of the A or the size of the lowercase y. It's the size of the piece of metal or wood um, that it's actually on. And when we're talking about the space between it, so you can measure the space in between these uh, words or letters as points. So I think it's an M and EM. So when you have lead type, there's going to be these little flat, you know, no raised surface square pieces or rectangular pieces. Those are your spacing. And those are going to be based on your point size as well. So if you have in your shop, 12 point type, you also need to have 12 point spacing material. Your 14 point spacing material is not going to work with your 12 point font um, or type. So that's also like, you know, so both of those things need to be measured by the same system. If you were to measure them, you know, differently, or they, if those little blocks were based on the letter size, then you'd have like a weird gap above your little lowercase y and a weird gap below your capital A, and you wouldn't be able to set those correctly. So yeah, so that's where the point actually comes into metal type. Yeah, I love it. And like you said earlier, it's like a system, right? And it makes it easy to understand because then you know if you've just bought a 12-point font, you know you're going to need to get some 12-point spacing material as well. Um, Okay, so one point, and I think we said this earlier, but one point equals 172nd of an inch, um, which is really important to remember, and I'm not sure if we're going to talk about this later, but that's not the same conversion as the caliper point that we talked about in the weight episode, the weight, what's the weight? So when you're talking about thickness of paper, which is also points, that is actually one thousandth of an inch. So a seven point thickness of paper is actually seven thousandths of an inch thick. This is a little different. Points referring to type and typesetting is one seventy second of an inch. Tell me your brain isn't already spiraling. <laughs> like seriously. And we, and we haven't even gotten to the crazy parts. So even though our kind French contributor here created a system for us that was one seventy second of an inch. There were still variations on what an inch was internationally. So while this system was sort of uniformed throughout, you know, the printing industry, it still varied internationally. So for the U.S., one point ended up being 0.0138. And then in Europe, it was 0.0148. And then (laughs) in Belgium, it was point. 0137. Like, y'all are wild. Let's let's get on the same page. Listen, this is largely due to the imperial and metric divide, mostly. Yeah, which causes so many problems in, in paper as well as, I'm sure, every other measurement system ever. Dear America, please get on the metric system. It just yeah. makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I. It's also really funny. Like, I wonder what made Belgium get on an entirely different 
scale for type? Like, was there like a seriously large Belgian type foundry community or like <laughs> what what inspired this like whole separate system for Belgium? Like, I, I can't have, figure that out. I have no idea. But if you're listening to this and you know a lot about Belgium's history and printing, please write in, call in, tell us because I'm please. fascinated and yet on my basic Baffled. Google search, could not find enough information. Yeah. Okay. So All we right. talked about points, but let's talk about pikas. Now, I think that pikas are something that you really only see in the print community. Like points, obviously there's caliper points, which you measure paper thickness and all of that. But pikas are something that, like, I feel like if you were walking down the street and someone, like, you overheard a conversation where somebody was referring to pikas, you're like, you immediately know that person is either, like, a designer who typesets digitally or a printer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and pikas are essentially just made up of points. So the same way that 12 inches equals a foot, 12 points equals a pika. And I feel like that's a great way to remember it. Um, so points are inches and pikas are feet. Um so- <laughs> For all of us, type sizes in word processing and modern design software, we don't have to worry about the US, the European, the Belgium systems. We use a standardized DTP or desktop publishing print uh, measurement. And so that's all based on Adobe and and all the design software that's out there. So a pika is exactly one sixth of an inch and a point is 0.353 millimeters. Um, (laughs) There you go. So in design and typesetting software, sometimes those are written as abbreviations, and it gets kind of confusing when you throw pixels in because that's a lot of p words. But um, sometimes it's so many p words, right? It is so it's so many p words, and I don't know what it is, but sometimes I can't figure out the settings. But sometimes when I open up Adobe, like on my laptop, it'll automatically do it in picas, and I can't remember off the top of my head what an eight and a half by eleven is in picas, like. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, why is it default sometimes? I don't know. Um, but occasionally you'll see them abbreviated. So you'll see like one pica will be one P in Adobe or one point will be one PTS or even sometimes P1, which I think is very confusing because that makes me think of like pages. But um, then six picas and three points, for example, would be six P3. So it all gets very confusing. But when you see like those in Adobe, that's probably where we're looking at. When it refers to pixels, it'll usually be PX. So there you go. So even if you've never heard the words picas or points before, but you're using Adobe for any kind of design software, you actually have heard of picas and points because you'll probably see those sometimes. Um, there are a few other terms that pop up when you're designing or typesetting, and um, they're all relative to typesetting in the metal or wood type form as well. So Some of them you'll see uh, like kerning, which is actually adjusting the space between specific letters. And it's almost always for aesthetic reasons. So modern software does this automatically. So when you type in like Y-O or W-E or T-R, it'll automatically move those letters around to like, for example, when you type a capital Y and lowercase O, it moves that O a little bit closer to the Y to make up for the space. So it's really kind of cool to think about. Yeah. And if you've ever designed a font, like those special ligatures are like you actually make them as characters and then when you're using the font and you're typing you'll see like a little adjustment from time to time especially if you're doing anything with like calligraphy or whatever you could really notice it where like they'll connect two l's together in a special way or something um but i recently just saw the international printing museum post a photo of the lady whistle down uh, 
letter from Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Yeah. And they were talking they were calling out this really terrible apostrophe, which agreed. It's it's not great and it's not historically accurate. But also not historically accurate is the kerning. And there was this huge discussion of like, yes, they used to do this. They actually used to hand carve out sections of the Y so that the O would fit in closer. But yeah. I feel like they probably didn't do that for something that was like a casual run. Because can you imagine yeah. having to create all of these custom pieces? Okay, but imagine Lady Whistledown. It's like, why not do that for like, because they were, it was for the headline, right? It wasn't in the body. It was like in the headline no, of the thing. In the body, like yours truly. And oh. there were like a few other things where like, it was it was a very customed kerning that wouldn't have happened predominantly during that era. Yeah. So like we talked about when you have hot, like when you have metal type or wood type, that capital Y is going to be one square of metal. That's 72 points or whatever. And the Mm -hmm. O is going to be the same height and same, you know, size, but it's going to have like a little gap between the two letters. So you, yeah, like you said, you literally have to like carve out around the Y, but it would have to be flat to make the O big, like fit snug. It's just very confusing. So unless you were like a foundry that somehow was actually casting those, you know, those, those ligatures, those letters that work well together or are commonly found next to each other. Like there's no way that you would have that kerning in type. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's really fun to think about. Um, Okay. So kerning is spacing the letters like specifically for, you know, aesthetic reasons. Tracking is also spacing, but it's throughout like the entire piece of copy. So whether it's in, if you're in Adobe or in, in a processing software, you're selecting an entire line or an entire paragraph or the whole work that's going to adjust the spacing for every letter throughout. Whereas kerning is adjusting the spacing between individual letters. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you have leading, which is spelled L-E-A-D-I-E and uh, then you have leading, which is spelled L-E-A-D-I-N-G, but pronounced a little differently than leading. Um, The type, I don't know if that's even necessary, but whatever. Um, (laughs) So then you have leading, which is actually the space of lines. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) i'm so sorry for when you're editing this okay then you have letting which is actually the space between lines of type so when you're setting type you can take thin straps oh my god (laughs) do you want me to do this one maybe yeah take it away jesus okay so then the other one we have is letting And that's the space of lines between the types. So there are these thin strips of lead, a.k.a. slugs, that were inserted in between the lines of type that just, like, separated one line from a paragraph from another. And we still use leading in, in like, computer softwares. Like, when you're going to change your line spacing, it says leading. So. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, so it is kind of fun. So all of those terms, kerning, tracking, letting, they all refer to, you know, historically, or they originated from typesetting, yeah. which is really fun. Yeah, um, I'm glad we kept them and we didn't rename them because they are yeah. still the same thing. Yeah, you're still doing the exact same thing. You're just doing digitally, um, which is yeah. a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so of those crazy historical terms we talked about, there is actually one that we still use, which is agate. Um, I think in England, they refer to it as ruby. Um, So when we were talking about those crazy foundry specific names for font sizes. So ruby or agate is typically five and a half points or like 1.8 millimeters uh, font size. So 
five and a half points is a super small font. Um, it can be like, it can vary. It doesn't have to be that size to be referred to as agate, but in American newspapers, they use this term to refer to like super small type in like sports scores or death notices or classified ads, etc. So it's usually 5.5. Not always. It's really small. Also, when you're referring to agate, sometimes your, uh, like your printer's rulers or like your line gauge, sometimes they have agate on them. So a line gauge is um, a steel ruler with measurements for like a letterpress shop. And a lot of times, um, like I got a couple with some of my press equipment and stuff, but the units on it, it's usually double-sided, but the units on it are inches, points, millimeters, and picas. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> how confusing is that uh, well I think a little like, bit of everything you need yeah I mean I guess there's like no arguing so um yeah that's really interesting that's really interesting and of course it, it has picas or it has points therefore it has picas but um it has both on some of them so it's like you can measure down to like the tiniest I guess if you had fonts and you were trying or type and you were trying to figure out what size that type is it'd be really helpful but um yeah that's really funny I predominantly use um, millimeters. The, the, no, no, no. Well, oh. yes, I do love millimeters. But <laughs> listen, <laughs> get me as far away from the imperial system as possible. I just I think agree. it's stupid. My I brain, agree. my brain does not like sixes and twelves, and just I I need those zeros, man. I need the fives and I need the zeros. I don't need all this other quarters and eighths and all this stuff. I just totally like agree. It. I don't like it. I also think temperature-wise, like, wouldn't it just make so much more sense if freezing was zero and boiling Ugh. was 100? Like, don't I just think, I just think that started. makes so much more sense. We watch so much nerdy YouTube and, like, most of the stuff that we're watching, it's these, like, British or even, like, Australian, mostly British, though, uh, people who have these channels. And so, like, they talk all in the metric system and whatever. And then they'll always put, like, the like the little sidebar like and for those of you who use Fahrenheit it's this and I'm like yeah it's just stupid everything is just stupid. yeah it is I, Tangent. I, I agree with you completely um I really think that weather it makes so much more sense to me to have it in centigrade than yeah Fahrenheit I yeah. just I can't even um, but what I was going to say is that I really like to use the absolute smallest measurement I can when I'm trying to figure out if like a print is straight, yeah. if the registration is on. So I really do love those rulers that give you the gauges that give you absolutely every option because sometimes you like sort of want to see like a little bigger, you know, yeah. you got like a bigger space to span so your yeah. eyes don't get like too distracted by the tiny lines. Totally. But when you're working on a RSVP card that's on a four bar, you know, three and a half by yeah. 4.875, it's like <laughs> all of a sudden yeah. a millimeter is what matters, you know, like that'll make it crooked or straight. Um, I think you'll really like the agate line scale then because apparently uh, there are 14 agate lines in an inch. So, yeah, I feel like I wouldn't like that. (laughs) I feel like I don't like things that are just arbitrary numbers. (laughs) Yeah. So we have. okay. so an inch can be broken down by either six picas, 12 points or 14 agate lines. (laughs) No, I don't. We're done. We're done. Call it quits. (laughs) Oh, that's 
funny. Okay. Well, well that's, it, everybody. that's a very delightful way to wrap up this episode. Um, we hope that your brains didn't spin too much with all of these random ass numbers. <laughs> I'm going to make a handy little Instagram graphic for this because I'm a visual person and I feel like it'll help summarize this episode really nicely. (laughs) So we'll put it on Instagram and you can bookmark it and save it for later when you try and remember what a point and a pica and an agate line all measures out to. You'll have that. Um, (laughs) So. Yeah. Join us on Instagram at Hot of the Press Pod. Um, you can message us with questions, or if you have another like typesetting term that we forgot, please tell us, and we'd love to cover it in a future episode. We'll also include some links in the show notes to the print wiki, which we love because there's like every print term you've ever heard, um, and then some listed out for you with all the definitions, and then um, another article just on some helpful type typography information. So. Um, look at the show notes and please leave us a review uh, wherever you listen spotify apple podcasts or pocket cast uh, leave us a review or a rating if you can it really helps us uh, reach new people and we can talk about letterpress with more so with more people so yeah please leave us a review if you can yeah and just another reminder in case you haven't heard the los angeles printers fair 2022 is happening on October 22nd and 23rd. Yours truly, myself and Mariah, will both be there. We've already heard from some other fabulous letterpress printers who will also be there. Mark and Madeline will be there um, from the print museum, of course, and so, so many others. So come see us. (laughs) Come see us. If you are in the area, 100%, we're telling you you have to be there um and if you're not in the area we're also telling you there's plenty of time yeah there's plenty of time to book your trip (laughs) plan a trip come out to beautiful los angeles october's lovely here there's plenty to do disneyland is only a hop skip jump away from the print museum as well so you could make it a whole trip for the family yeah there you go yeah and um the museum will have uh demonstrations on like heidelbergs and foil printing uh so you'll get to see some presses in action we will be there with some merch and some fun stuff for the podcast but it's gonna be a really good time um and i think they sell some equipment there too don't they during the printer's fair oh heck yeah they do they sell all kinds of things yeah so if you're looking for parts or some cool type or uh, maybe even a press um, definitely worth stopping by. And that is happening October 22nd and 23rd from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. We will be at the International Print Museum in Carson, California. So also, yeah. <laughs> also, if you're a fan of Formula One. Oh, my God. We're going to have to be watching the race on Sunday because it is in Austin. It's in Austin, guys. It's the one freaking race that we don't have to wake up at six in the morning for. And of course, it's happening on a day that we will both be together and be doing something. Yeah. (laughs) But, well, it's not technically the only race that's not at the crack of dawn. But yeah, it's very exciting. But it's It's one of the few. It's one of the most fun races to watch. Um, And like the vibes are just super high for the Austin weekend. So um, yeah, so October 22nd, 23rd is going to be a a super fun weekend. And we would love to meet some of our listeners um, and some of our letterpress friends from around the country. So join us if you can. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.